0: Hey, how's it going fam? Welcome back to Let's Just Talk About It. have another special guest in the house today. This is Alicia McQuay, Senior Master Sergeant Alicia McQuay. As y'all know, this is the follow-up to Senior Chat. Number one, the first original Senior Chat we had was about uh, helping our newly selected Senior Master Sergeants in their new role, their new stripe. Part two, it was bringing the panel members back from the part one, the original episode. This is Senior chat number two, part three with Alicia McQuay. So excited to have her with us today and just to provide her wisdom and her experience with us. As a disclaimer, as a notice, we are both senior NCOs in the Air Force. However, these views or our personal views do not reflect the United States Air Force, the Department of Defense, or the United States government. While yes, it's great wisdom, a lot of information can be gained. Uh, Don't wanna be uh, presenting the ideas as if they were directly from the United States Air Force. Y'all, lean in listen and learn let's talk about it hey well welcome back to let's talk about it Uh, it's a new podcast platform we have up and i have with me today alicia mcquay senior master sergeant alicia mcquay thank you thank you so much for joining us. I know you joined us on Senior Chat One. This is Senior Chat Two. I think we're on part three now. I've done a lot of interviews, so I don't know exactly what number I'm on, (laughs) but I'll get it squared away when I get it posted. Uh, So thank you so much for for sharing with us on the first panel. Uh, Just a lot of great information that uh, was provided in that panel. Uh, And thanks for being willing to come back and and talk a second time and provide your wisdom and share with us. Uh, You've got some great points that we'll get into. Uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, uh, but you definitely have some great points I want to get into. And you use a quad chart. What I'll do is I'll share that quad chart if you're okay with it. And we can talk this as we get towards the end so that when people listen to this, uh, maybe they can understand a little bit about how the flow is going. So without further ado, Alicia, welcome back. Uh, Do me a favor if you don't mind and just give yourself a little bit of an introduction uh, to the the audience.
1: Sure. Uh, First off, thanks Chief for having me. Um, I really enjoyed the first senior chat. Um, a lot I personally learned a whole lot from the other speakers as well and I'm I'm looking forward to to the rest of the senior chat too um so I have been in uh 15 and a half years I'm an emergency manager by trade which everybody knows us mainly by teaching Seaburn, which I know is everybody's absolute favorite class um you know it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's great. I, I love getting students in class and how uh, deeply involved they are. Um, I've been to about four duty locations. In fact, right now I'm mid-PCS. Um, I left Wyoming and I'm on my way to the Pentagon. I'm super excited about my new job. I get to go uh, write inspections policy for uh, SAF-IG um, which a lot of people are like, oh my goodness, that sounds awesome. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> it is so awesome. I'm so excited to go do that. Um, I'm also married. I've got five kids. Um, every morning I ask myself how how that happened. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure, but uh, I got five kids married and I think the animals in my house outnumber all uh, the people because everybody needs their own pets. So um, been around the block, lots of deployments and stuff like that too. Um, planning on making a career of this, obviously with 15 years in. Um, definitely gonna get to 20, and then if I'm still having fun, go past 20. And and if I'm not making a difference at that point, then I'm gonna hang up my uniform and, and go open a plant shop.
0: That's awesome. Uh, Alicia, thanks for providing us some insight into, into your life and what it's like for you and the family. Uh, I'm sure there's some experts out there that'd be more than happy to explain to us how, how children come about. But uh, I've got four boys myself, so uh, not not five children, but four. And, and I tell you what, it's it's always an interesting time in the household. And, and uh, so I know this is a little off script, but it made me think of it when you were talking about uh, being in your background, being Seaburn, um, you know, and then going to IG and some people are like, oh, that sounds fun with raised eyebrows, kind of thing, right? And you're like, yeah, actually it is fun. So I think of like checklist, uh, you know, cause a lot of, uh, emergency managers I've come in contact with over my career, cause I'm CE background as well, uh, are checklist driven. And, and I don't mean like driven, like that's the only thing that exists in life, but really like checklist. and Hey, we do this, we do this and we do that. Uh, so on the spectrum of four lenses, what, what color, uh, would you, do you grade out as?
1: So I'm actually an orange, uh, yeah. because, uh, My real world experiences in my career have shown me that checklists are amazing for exercises and they're (laughs) a really good kind of baseline, um, but they really don't fit the reality of what happens all the time. Um, I was in Japan during uh, when the 9.0 earthquake happened and then there was a 30 meter tsunami and then a nuclear power plant meltdown. And, you know, you can't really write a checklist for that.
0: Yeah, all right. That's <laughs> well,
1: absolutely right. So I'm I'm pretty orange. I, I definitely, um, especially during emergency response, things will be going around. And then I just kind of, you know, I'll outburst with ideas for how to fix problems and and find solutions and all of that kind of stuff. Um, it does get me in trouble with a lot of emergency managers because a lot of them tend to be our gold. And, and like you said, very checklist yep. driven and, and let's cross this off and think methodically through it. And, um, but my, my personality doesn't always jive with that. I'm always lucky that I have people like that in my, in my flight so that they can kind of keep me grounded.
0: Yeah. You know, you're like, what do you mean you're going to go with your gut instinct? That's not on the checklist anywhere.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. And, you know, and, to and all, of
0: it. It, yeah, I've, in all my years, I've never done this. Well, guess what? It's going to be awesome. You know, I, I think a lot of uh, I'll think back to Moody Air Force Base and, and I'll leave them nameless because uh, I didn't ask permission to use their names. But uh, some of the young emergency managers came in there. It was just it was awesome to see them. And we had some great, the whole team was great. Uh, Don't get me wrong, the whole team was great. But we had some that had been in the career field for a little while, um, maybe didn't appreciate, initially appreciate the enthusiasm I will put it that way that the youngsters and not, and not they're grown they're adults right but they're, they're young compared to me uh come in and just like man we're gonna do this this and this on like exercises or whatever and, and some of the technical sergeants the staff sergeants might have been pulling out hair um but it all ended up great and uh, there was some great strides uh and, and progress made in that flight I tell you what it was, it was an amazing time but um you know they're uh yeah, it's, it's not all. Not everybody appreciates that that outlook. But uh, so that uh, I don't take up your entire evening, I know it's evening time frame. You're in the middle of a PCS too, right? You just said, and, and you're moving through con- throughout the country and traveling state to state. You've been in, I think, over our conversation, the last couple of days about three or four different states. So uh, I know you're you're probably. Not, not necessarily jet lag, but car lagged or whatever you want to call it, you know, and um, <laughs> I don't want to keep you away from your family. And I just want to say thanks again. And I, and I make sure I, I say that a, a few times uh, because we definitely feel that way of you taking time out of all that you got going on in your life to share uh, with it. Not just, you know, we started out, to be honest with you, Alicia, about, you know, addressing the senior mass sergeant selects and throughout that first panel and then the follow-up panels I've had. Uh, every one of y'all, you could tell that you're, you're seasoned leaders. And what, what I mean, and I don't mean like been in forever. What I mean is that you've been leading for a long time. You've got some experience and you've got a lot of wisdom that you're sharing. So while the target audience might be the senior mass sergeant selects and you senior mass sergeants, that was where we started out. My goodness, this has been great information for whatever rank that you hold. I, I will be transparent. I've written down a, for lack of better terms, a crap ton of stuff that I've written down. Now I'm like, man, that's a great point. Maybe I should try to implement that here or there in the other place, you know, kind of thing. So anyway, enough rambling out of me. Alicia, kick us off with what you wanted to share today. I know you had a quad chart. You walk us through however you want to walk it through uh, and, and we'll just go from there. So over to you.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Chief. So today what I kind of wanted to talk about is emotional intelligence. Now I know that Emotional intelligence, it's, you know, there's some buzzwords about it. We talk about our, um, you know, EQ versus IQ. Um, but today I kind of want to focus on emotional intelligence and why it's so important as leaders and followers and really just people in general to be emotionally intelligent. Um, and kind of like the big why is we need to be able to understand and manage our emotions. So we can self-motivate and create positive interactions. And as leaders, when we can create more connected and motivated teams, um, then we can get the big Air Force mission done even better, more effectively, faster, quicker, smarter, all of those more more, more um, and And kind of backtrack a little bit. So um, emotional intelligence, like what is it, right? When people think about emotional intelligence, Um, And I was actually, as I drove across um, the whole U.S., coming from Wyoming to uh, the East Coast, I was listening to a lot of TED Talks, um, kind of preparing myself for this uh, conversation. And one of the things that I found as a common thread was a lot of people apparently think emotional intelligence is really about being emotional, um, Mm. which which isn't exactly true right because we all know emotional people and while there's nothing inherently wrong with being emotional um emotional intelligence is really the ability to be aware of to manage and control emotions and being uh, able to empathize with others it's not just being the person who feels like they can cry or be angry or show emotions it's being able to kind of manage and control those emotions and the situations that we're in. Um, and then kind of like the benefits of emotional intelligence, you know, we communicate better when we can empathize with other people. Um, we reduce anxiety and stress within our workplaces. You can diffuse conflicts, improve relationships, um, effectively overcome life's challenges. Um, and all of these things, when I was kind of looking at that list, I was trying to uh, kind of pare it down to where it is this better for like the self, better for the team, or better for the mission? And I gotta yeah. tell you, almost all of those apply to all three. Yeah. Um, like, like there wasn't really any single one where I said, "Oh, that's just mission." or that's just team, or that's just self. So really, when we think about emotional intelligence, it is so helpful in all aspects of our lives.
0: You're absolutely right. You know, it's I think of it a lot of times like when we say connect the dots. So when I sit and talk with my boss here, Convira, you know, I'm like, hey, let's connect the dots on this, and we're, and we're at the, at the group level for anybody that's listening to this for the first time that has never heard me speak or whatever. I'm, I'm a group superintendent, and uh, so if you're a civilian audience, that means somewhere in management, somewhere, you know, um, <laughs> but here in the, in the military, you know, we'll sit back and we have the opportunity to see problems existing uh, or coming about, or you know, manifesting themselves in, in the unit, and it could be, and, you, and we have six squadrons here at this MSG, uh, and, and so you can sit back and be like, okay, you know, at the squadron level, it's like, oh my God, this is a problem. We need to tag it. We need to fix it because you only know, got limited time. You got limited resources. And at our level, we have a uh, the, I guess maybe the, the ability, not necessarily the ability, everybody has the ability, but the leisure maybe, uh, or the the ability to just sit back and say, hey. All right, let's connect the dots on this. And you bring up some really great points, Alicia. When you talk about hey, all these are really they're really connected. Nothing of like the ecosystem. You know, you cut down a tree over here or enough trees and it affects this and it affects that. So you're absolutely right, it's definitely connected. And I'm gonna take this back just a little bit and pull the string on something, pull the thread on something you talked about when you're saying, hey, it's not it's not about responding with emotion and not about having emotions uh, when we're talking about emotional intelligence, but being in control of your emotions, we all are human, we all have emotions, but emotional decisions or decisions that are made from an emotional basis is where we get in trouble. Now, and what I want to explain that just a little bit and then ask your opinion on it is it's okay to have emotion, right? And you've said that, and it's okay to have a decision. We're making a decision that is somewhat influenced by emotion, but not making it a hundred percent an emotional reaction, that decision being a hundred percent of an emotional reaction. And so you know, I, I was talking to, um, to one of your, your, your peers earlier, and um, I was talking to Paul, and uh, Paul said, uh, you know, it brought up something that's, that's kind of unique, and, and I said, hey, man, could you put that in a story? Uh, so it's common thread that I use is because there is an art to telling a story, and, and you bring people in when you tell a story because they can see themselves in that story a lot of times, or at least it gives them the opportunity to put themselves in that story. So do you have a, an example? And if you don't, that's fine. We can, we can move on. But I'd like to camp out here if you've got a story about people making, an, and we can leave names out, right, unless you're using yourself as an example, where emotional decisions can get us into trouble. So do you have anything that you could share with us on that and how to be aware of it and how to control your emotions and, when no, and know when to, hey, that's an emotional response. Let me control that.
1: More, sure chief you know i got to tell you one of the reasons why am um, i so i kind of was thinking about this topic is because i've got stories on all from the whole spectrum of successful times versus unsuccessful times and i'll tell you about a an unsuccessful time where emotions uh, ruled my decision-making process so back when covid started um, we had a couple months I, i'm I'm coming from the flight level down in the squadron. Um, I had a team of about 10 and we went into telework like everybody else, emergency management's mainly office work. Um, and then a couple months later, uh, a, com- a security computer issue rose up and everybody had to get their computers taken away. So then we had to come back into the office. Well, as everybody remembers back, you know, two months into COVID we're all exhausted. We're all trying to figure out everything. Um, and my airmen were, and I was too, not, I'm not going to lie, right. Be transparent. I was upset Mm -hmm. about how to come into the the office as well. Like I have to put my uniform on and like, I can't listen to meetings and and water my plants and, you know, feed my dogs and stuff at the same time. Um, Mm -hmm. but when they came in, they were all, they were all upset. And instead of using, instead of being self-aware of where I was at and, and aware of where they were at, I got really upset with them, right? You know, because, so I mean, they were, they were asking, like, do we really need to come in, in uniform? Do we really need to work all day? Um, and I just <laughs> got, <laughs> and looking back on it, it was kind of funny. Um, and actually, uh, later that day when I was, uh, you know, complaining about it to my husband he kind of pointed out the funny you know aspect of it um but instead of sitting them down and being like hey guys I know that this is frustrating and I'm frustrated too and this is disappointing and we're all used to having a you know telework type environment you know but we have to come in we have to make this better let's think of some more realistic ways of kind of easing back into office life um I completely overreacted, you know, and I was like, well, fine, you guys figure this out and I'm going to watch you figure this out, you know, and, and instead of assisting them and talking them through it, I sat back and I threw a, and well, frankly, an external tantrum to be quite honest. And then, you know, and I didn't, and I watched them struggle for four hours trying to figure out how they were going to make the move back into the office. And, you know, thinking back on it now you know, I'm embarrassed about that, right? Like that was not how, you know, a senior NCO or a leader should act. That's not how they should react. And so at that moment, my emotional intelligence was incredibly low because I was unable to be self-aware enough to see that I too was irritated and tired and hurt and all that, all those feelings. And then I was unable to manage and control that, right? Because that wasn't the time for me to lash out because I was feeling poorly. That was the time for me to rein in my emotions and help them identify and control what was going on in their lives too.
0: No, thank you for being so transparent and and sharing that with us. And, you know, uh, talking to Tim uh, about being transparent, you know, we are real people and, and our airmen have to see themselves in us. And there's a lot of different spectrums that you could look at that through. Uh, but, but being somebody that's uh, never, never wrong uh, always right. Superhuman like. That's not inspiring people. My friend, my good friend, Joe Bogdan pointed that out. He's like, Superman, I can look at Superman and be like, that's really cool. I'm not inspired to be Superman because it's not possible for me to be Superman. So, you know, it's when you're looking at uh, you as a senior master sergeant sharing that and saying, and I'm sure that you know we're able to go back and, and mend that with your team and, and they appreciate that. Right. So we're going to screw up. We're going to mess up in life. And I've done it plenty of times. I do it 15,000 times a day, I think, but being able to be aware enough to say, Hey, you know what? I did mess that up. Let me go back and ask for forgiveness. And I think that's where it ties into the social awareness uh, of the blocks that you have set out is, you know, it's a lot of times in we, when we're making mistakes, we think that, uh, well, that's going to make me a weak leader if I go back and apologize. What kind of leader is that? I'm, I'm right. You know, I've got to be right. Even if it's wrong, I just got to be right. Um, and that's just a, the, a horrible way to handle it. So uh, to, the, to anybody listening to this, just own it. That's what I say all the time, just own it. You know, you made a mistake, own it. Paint it red, you own it. It's, it's bad. Like I say, red in the readiness realm, right? That's uh, where, where I was going, with that with red, yellow, green. It, it's bad. It's broken. <laughs> you know, I'm going to fix it. Um, so yeah, that, so thanks for sh- being, like I said, being vulnerable and transparent, because that says a lot about your character as a leader. So thanks for sharing that, because it's so easy to be like, yeah, this one time, one of my bosses was made a horrible decision, but you you stepped forward and own it. So thanks for that, Alicia. Uh, so so yeah, sorry, I jumped in there when you were starting to talk about social awareness and having empathy, and and you were breaking that down. So so continue on with that. I think you are on an organizational awareness is, is where you kind of left off
1: yeah so um so actually I kind of want to move in because before we get to social awareness um when we look at that quad chart and when people are looking at it visually for my visual learners it will make a little bit more sense um but when we talk about emotional intelligence the first place we actually have to start is with ourself Mm -hmm. um, and have self-awareness about what we're feeling like I'm doing accurate self-assessments um, and some of the things that I found to help me with that is if you go into Pinterest, because I love Pinterest, uh, between cat videos and um, and helping like yoga videos and workout tips and stuff like that, um, one of the things that you can search for is called a feeling circle. Um, and what they do is they use this chart and it starts off with like the basic emotions of happy sad angry and content and then as you go each deeper level it gets even more specific so from happy it could go to elated uh joyful if it if you're angry you know it could be resentful um sad would be depressed you know things like that um and a lot of times people don't actually know a lot of those deeper emotions or they can't actually name them. Um, and one of the things that I've done, uh, cause I've got five kids is, is helping them and helping myself kind of name our emotions, you know, because sometimes somebody will be like, I'm tired because they feel physically tired, but what they really are is sad or mm. depressed or lonely. Um, and if you don't understand what feeling you're feeling then it's hard to be self-aware and to like accurately self-assess like where am I today right like how do I recognize where I'm at physically mentally emotionally spiritually today if you don't have a name for it right Um, so that's kind of the cornerstone of our emotional intelligence it starts with with the self and so I highly recommend that circle to anybody. Um, there were emotions on there. It feels like a thesaurus to be quite honest, but it really kind of narrows down those feelings. And if you can use that, then you can be a lot better at your self-awareness.
0: So what is, what is your advice? So that's a great point, Alicia, when you talk about like naming it, you know, I was sitting there thinking when you were talking like, Hey, when you, you hit the nail right on them, you're like, uh, I'm tired, but really what I'm feeling is this, this, and this, you know, a lot of times when I get tired, um, you know, if I'm stressed, if I'm tired physically, then then I'm, I'm chill. You know what I mean? Uh, but if I'm tired mentally, if I'm, so if I go away to the gym and work out or whatever, and I'm just tired when I get home, back when I was a, a, a could be a dirt boy, you know, we're still, a, I'm still a dirt boy, but I don't get to do any real dirt boy work anymore. But I would sw- swing a sledgehammer, a jackhammer all day or whatever, you know, just come home tired, pass out. I was chill though, on the couch or with the kids, with the wife, and, and then just pass out. But, as I progressed in rank, and different things made me tired at a different level. I wasn't tired, really. You're right. When I came home, I was angry, I was stressed, or depressed, or, or a, a myriad of feelings. And so, what would be your advice on on how to? I know you said the feeling circle, but what is your advice uh, to, to airmen at large, or just people in general? I guess when they how to have help naming that, and then what what do you do after you name it? Right. So I guess it depends on what that emotion, that true emotion is, but Do you have a, can you walk us through that on like, okay, now I found out a way to name it, now what do I do with it?
1: Yeah, so a lot of times when you can uh, name something, so like when I first found this chart, um, I could identify like maybe to the second layer, but what I found for myself is that if I can get, if I can get to the root to the problem, I can treat it better, right? So if I'm stressed, then I stop and I, okay, what am I stressed about? Am I stressed about something professionally? Am I stressed about something personally? Okay, it's, it's professional. Okay, is it because I have a lot of tasks on my plate? Okay, well, how can I ask for help? How can I prioritize? How can I delegate? What can I do to relieve that stress? So instead of letting this overwhelming sense of dread, or tiredness right that unnamed what's going on with me by able by being able to name it then i can think well how can i alleviate this you know if it's a if it's a more negative feeling or if it's a really good feeling how can i make it better right if i'm coming in and it's like wow today was a great day i'm feeling joyful that my team got awards or my team got recognized or you know, I did this great thing. How can I do more of today so that I can feel this more often? What made today special? Was it because I was good at task management? Is it because I was successful at getting somebody to say yes? Right? I I, I finally got to that fifth stage of no, as General Brown likes to say, where they're like, "Why haven't we been doing this?" You know, like. Yeah. Um, and so, but being able to name it. For me personally, has meant that then I can dissect it a little bit more and really figure out what is it and what can I do to make it better, or what can I do to mitigate why and how I'm feeling that way. And then two, no. sometimes, you know, you go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no worries. And I was gonna sometimes like you can't really mitigate it, but maybe um by doing an action, you know, like say just everything's running behind at work, right? Um, But when you get home, maybe what you can do is recognize, and I do this, you know, when I'm coming home, sometimes I'll be, I'll say to my kids, Hey, mom's feeling incredibly stressed out. I need 10 minutes in my room, right? So that I can deload the events of today so that when I'm here with you, I am more present and engaged with you. So that way I don't add on to the stress by then later at night being like, man, I yelled at my kids for no reason, or I yelled at my airmen for no reason. So, so also being able to, uh, identify what it is, then you can communicate it to somebody else. Cause if you look at somebody and say, man, I'm really angry that this deadline wasn't reached, I'm going to need five minutes. Then they, (laughs) (laughs) then they know, you know what? I'm not going to bother I'm not going to bother her for five minutes. I'm going to let her calm down and come back to what I like to call as like homeostasis, right? Where I'm in control of my emotions. So I don't have that emotional outburst.
0: No, that's, that is absolutely great. You know, communicate, you hit on a couple of great things. I want to highlight again. Um, and, and that's not piggybacking. That's an addition. That's not piggybacking. I know how much we say <laughs> that. Um, but so, uh, today actually is, it's a really rough day for me, um, is seven years ago we lost um, my nephew, uh, who was a Marine Lance Lance Corporal in the Marine Corps. Uh, So it's it's a really difficult day, but, the first couple of years after, you know, time does help. Time doesn't 100% heal uh, with loss and, and my family and I've, I've lost friends and, and, and a couple of family members that are, that I was really close to that it does sting a lot, even long after, uh, you know, their death. Um, but I, I would tell my boss, I'm like, hey, you know what, I'm going to take uh, the eighth off. The eighth is not a good day for me. Uh, I get a little bit emotional. and And what I meant by that is I get really sad and depressed. Um, right. you know, so I would tell my, my, squadron commander at the time, like, Hey, this is, uh, first it started with, I was on staffs, so was at the division on my division chief. I was like, Hey, this is not going to be a good day for me. And he had dealt with loss. So he had dealt with loss of his wife and his daughter. Um, so he understood it. Um, so anyway, uh, being able to communicate, right. You, you hit the nail on the head when you said, be able to communicate. And that's, I'm talking about communicate with my boss says you, you say, Hey, uh, communicate. Oh, I was using it as an example. You can communicate with anybody that's in your space, right. Of saying, Hey. Give me five minutes. Give me 10 minutes. Uh, you know, somebody uh, challenged me years and years ago. I was in some training uh, for, for a combat operation. And um, the instructor, we had gone through a lot of stuff that we won't discuss here, but we have gone through a lot of stuff. And, and you got to make life death decisions, not the, the decision you're making in training is not going to cost somebody their life. If it was real world, it would cost their lives to make that clear. But um, he's like, hey, what are you feeling right now? It's like uneasy. He's like, what does that mean? You're feeling uneasy. Um, and I'm like, hey, I can't, I can't get it out of my mouth. I have no idea how to describe it to you. I just know something's about to happen. What, What is causing you to make, have that feeling? Well, it was fear. It was preparation. It was all the different stuff that was coming full circle in my head, and I said, I can't I'm not able to, at this time, describe everything. And they taught me box breathing, uh, something our special operators use. I was, I'm not a special operator. Uh, the team I was with had some unique abilities, but they taught me box breathing. And that's where, like, at the physical, for me, for people like me that are listening to this, I do, you know, I, I do a different second count. But it was for the sake of discussion. You do four-second breathe in, four-second hold, four-second exhale, four-second hold, four-second inhale, four-second hold. You get the idea. It's called, so you think about breathing in a box. Um, and man, that would, that gives people like me clarity Gives me clarity. So a hundred different ways I think you can get after, but, uh, what you really bring up Alicia is knowing yourself. I mean, obviously you, that's what we're talking about is really knowing, okay, when I start feeling these emotions, I need to communicate, but then how do I control that emotion? And so between Alicia and I, we're not gonna be able to, we're not doctors, right? We can't give you the exact of how for your specific situation how you need to control that but uh, being aware is starting right I I don't know if it's necessarily right to say half the battle Alicia I don't know what you think but it's it's definitely part of the battle uh, knowing what that emotion is and so I don't want to I don't want to rush you on this point but uh, if nothing else to provide necessarily or talk about as talking about self-management how does that play into the the social piece and the social awareness piece Alicia yeah so you
1: know so self-awareness when you are going into a social uh, type area. The way it falls into social awareness is um, being able to read like the current mood, right? You know, earlier I talked about, you know, when we came off of, when we had to come back into the office abruptly during COVID, I, because I was not aware of myself, I could not read what my airmen were feeling. Um, and I was unable to, you know, I was so blind um, that I didn't see that they were angry and that they were upset. And so I just made the situation worse, right? I didn't help the situation. I didn't alleviate it. Um, all I did was make it worse because I was not aware enough, nor did I empathize, right? When I talk about, you know, one of them asked if we could wear civilian clothes into the office, I didn't empathize with them that we had all just spent two months of not being able to really work out easily because it's winter in Wyoming. um, All the gyms were closed and there's 10 feet of snow outside. It's negative 20. And so if i had had some empathy, perhaps I would have said, well, maybe they don't fit into their uniform right now. And they're feeling uncomfortable with having to do that. Um, And then also I didn't have any empathy that you know, they were probably staying up late all night because they were, I had let them because I had empathy at the beginning, of uh, I was like, hey, as long as you're getting your tasks done, I don't care if you're online at 7:30 in the morning, you know, and so I would be getting emails at eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night because they got into their own schedule. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have any empathy that now they had to come back into work at 7:30 in the morning. And so they were probably not ready for it yet. Um, and so that really, my lack of self awareness meant that I had a lack of social awareness. And I think we see that, you know, a lot of times. You know, we read on social media about people talking about, you know, their boss or their uh, NCO doesn't appear to recognize or have any awareness of the issues and the troubles that they're having. And it really affects their performance. Um, and so, I would say that most of those people who lack empathy are really lacking that self-awareness for their own emotional uh, side. And probably because when they think emotions, they think of, you know, somebody losing their temper or, you know, crying and, you know, again, you know, kind of having like these outsized reactions for emotions. Um, And so they don't want to do that. Right. I think, especially in the military, we're like, oh, We need to maintain military bearing. Um, And that means that you're not showing emotions. So I think there's a lot of people out there that because they don't show emotions, they are lacking some of that empathy because they can't identify it within themselves.
0: Yeah, you know I know how exactly what you're talking about when you're talking about, you know, 10 feet of snow. I'm out here at Ellsworth Air Force Base, South Dakota. And um, you know. I was talking to somebody, we're talking about psychological flexibility and I'm not a doctor by any means, um, but you know, I, I, I was talking about like, hey, we have to be able to understand people. So we were really talking, uh, you know, emotional intelligence and social awareness is really what we were kind of drilling into without even having your, your nice wide chart to do it. But I said, you can't become like the winners here in South Dakota, you know, they're, they're miserable. Like unless you're from here and you, you like cold wind, you like 80 mile an hour wind sticking snow sideways through your face. Then then okay, you love it, then that's great. But but most people don't. I'm I'm a Southern boy. I spent a lot of time in the Air Force almost thinking I was in the Navy or Coast Guard or something because I was always near a beach. Um, so I don't like the winners here. And I said, you know, a lot of times uh I think our response is based on what you said, Alicia, it's another great point of, hey, since I can't show emotion, I therefore will have no emotion. And you can't have emotion either. So uh, and not that anybody ever told them that, but it was just like a uh, you know, an unspoken rule or unwritten rule, I should say. And uh, so their attitudes and their responses, their empathy, that if you would, if you would even dare call it that, becomes like the South Dakota winter. Uh, It's just cold, their their responses are not necessarily that you were looking at your airmen that way. I'm like, I don't care if you fit in your uniform or not, freaking put your uniform on and get to work. Um, Not that you said it that way, but that's, that's some of what our airmen experience across the Air Force. Uh, So really great points on there. How does that, how does that tie in your mind? How does that tie to organizational awareness?
1: So, oh my gosh, you know, I, I have a great story for this. Um, <laughs> I so, love story time. Yeah, so um, my whole career, um, I wanted to be uh, on the IG team. Uh, when I was a little baby airman, you know, they came in, they told everybody what they were doing wrong. This was back in the black hat days. We're here to help. Um, and I said, you know what? I want to do that. I want to travel around. I want to tell people what they're doing wrong and then not have to fix it. Um, Sounds like a perfect job. (laughs) Right? Um, And so my whole career, I've been working towards that. And what I've had to do as an emergency manager is I've had to work with my um, IG teams on the base um, for exercise development. Um, And social awareness is really important when it comes to the organization because it helps you navigate politics. Um, And as an emergency manager... We have a lot to do when it comes to exercises, whether they're wartime exercises or they're peacetime exercises, um, because our AFIs and regulations mandate we have to do certain things. We run the Emergency Operations Center, so that mandates a lot of things. Um, And when you go into these meetings, you have to work with a lot of functional communities and different types of people and convince them right? That your idea is the best way to do it. You know, it's that book, uh, how to make friends and influence people um, Mm. really famous book from 1930s. Uh, And so you have to be able to do that when you're going into organizational stuff. And so I would always go into these uh, exercise meetings and I'd look around the room and, you know, be able to point out, okay, those are my maintainers. I can tell by their they're very stressed out faces you know those are my uh air crew guys i could tell not just by their flight suits but by really happy they look to be in a meeting instead of flying a plane right now um you know and and identifying what was it that they needed and how am i going to read between the lines and convince them that what they need is what i need and what i need is what they need um and what i've seen a lot throughout my career is that when i talk um when i have taken over uh emergency management flights you know the outgoing you know person's leaving they always talk about they have these really bad relationships with their ig teams and i'll be like well why do you have a bad relationship and they're like, well, they don't want to do it my way. And we have to do it this way. And if we don't do it this way, we're not following the checklist. Uh, we're not following the reg. And we, and we have to follow this line by line by line. And I'm like, okay. And I go into these meetings and the IG team automatically doesn't like me, right? Because they, of course, remember the last guy. Um, yeah. And so this is where that social awareness of what was that previous relationship like um, how, do I, how do I win them over? How do I support them so that we can get on the same page so we can move the mission forward? Um, and it's one of the reasons I'm on to toot my own horn here is that I've always been really successful with my IG teams is because I have that awareness of, of, of how, how we're gonna work together as a team. Um, and I don't have to be the person that's always right. Um, and I can be wrong and and we can work together to get that done. Um, because in an organization, you're not, you can't walk into every meeting or every team and be like, this is the only way we're gonna get it done, right? You gotta, you gotta work around that. Um, but if, but I've seen people come in and they're very stagnant, right? They don't have that flexibility. And we're uh, actually gonna talk about flexibility in one of the other, the quads, but it's so important. Um, and sometimes I want to look at them and shake them and be like, come on, if we work together, if we yeah. work together, we can do this. So I think that's where where emotional intelligence is so important, you know, for that social awareness for, for the organization. It's how we get things done in the Air Force, frankly.
0: Yeah, you, you got to come in with a, you know, I know it's an old adage and an old cliche or whatever people want to call it, you know, an old saying, of it's a we versus me you know a lot of times people say that right they'll say like hey it's it's how do we how do we get to success or how do we win but it really in their heart it's how do i win right, right. how how do i get my point how do i get my way borderline narcissist uh, narciss, uh behavior you know um, not always sometimes it I hate to say it this way but it's it's better than saying stupid uh they're ignorant on it right and a blind spot maybe even a better way to say it, it's a blind spot of theirs that they don't realize they have so you definitely strike me as a, as a person who goes in with a we mentality uh in one of my leadership presentations uh i was asking it was an als class and i was asking them what the secret are they a lot of people ask me what's the secret sauce to leadership you know what's the secret uh, to success and so i put this little bottle on a, a a picture of a bottle on this uh, slide deck or whatever. I was like, the secret sauce, you know? And that's what it was called in the bottle of the photo. And they were like, what is it, Chief? And I was like, it's I. And they were like, what? But we've been told the whole time it's it's it, I is not in, in team and I is not in we. And I was like, but I is in win and we are going to win. So just a little play on words there. But you're absolutely right when you approach it the right way, having. Not only self-aware, understanding how other people, you know, you have that turnover with them and, you know, we all hear it, or not all, that's strong, but a lot of us hear it. Yeah, so-and-so, you got to watch out for this one. This very rarely is like, this is a great program. This is awesome. It's, it's all the bad stuff, you know, or perceived bad stuff. Uh, so you bring up some really good points. Something else we, I saw in your in your quad chart was service orientation. So talk to me a little bit about what, what what's on your mind when you think of it uh, in our social awareness with service orientation.
1: So uh, so as an emergency manager, I'm going to go back to C-Burn class, right? Um, in, in C-Burn, we have a lot of rules. Um, for example, your mask can only be carried on your left side um, and your hair has to be down. Now, for my maintainers out there, I love all of you. Maintainers are great. They fix the planes. They get them up in the air. But maintainers are very specific. And if it's not in black and white, um, they they want to argue with you, right? And so being aware of my customer's needs, which is they want to see it in black and white, um, I always make sure that my instructors for Seaburn have the TOs tabbed out, highlighted with the information that maintainers most commonly ask, which is, well, Why does it have to be on the left side? Why can't it, oh, well, right here in the TO, um, because then that cuts down on a lot of the argument, right? It's protecting my instructors um, so that they don't have to feel like they have to argue. And then as much as the maintainers may or may not agree with it, at the end of the day, it it feeds their soul of, oh, well, it's in black and white. Like I, I, I can be unhappy with black and white, but they're not. They don't. They rarely argue it afterwards because yeah, it's in black and white, and that's what they need. Because in in their culture, that of course is super important. Um, so it's definitely being aware of what my different types of customers need, um, has definitely just helped everybody all around and kind of cut down on the flack, so we can get you know to the important part of Seaburn, which is being in MOP4. Yeah,
0: you know when you say customers, um. Sometimes people take that the wrong way and they're like, well, I'm, we're, we're a war fighting organization. I know the U.S. population is our customer, you know, right. um, so, so people can't see this, this audio version, but on, on, on the video, you probably saw it if you watch the video piece of it, it's like, my wow, are all crazy. Like, yeah, we're all customer oriented. It's about understanding your customers. Great, great point again. So hopefully people listening are taking notes on this and, and that you've printed out the, the quad chart and uh, you're taking notes on that like I am. I've got notes all over the place. But speaking of the quad chart, I noticed in the relationship management piece, uh, we've got arrows going both, not both ways, but arrows from different different portions of the quad. So uh, interested in digging into this and how this all ties to, together. So walk us through that.
1: So uh, so relationship management is kind of it's the end result um, because what the the quad chart. So the top two. So the two columns are self and social for everybody who's listening in. And then the rows are recognition and regulation. So the very first thing you have to do is recognize both self and in social. And then what you move to once you have not necessarily mastered, because I I have to master things every day um, and work on it. But then you move into regulation, um, which is the management aspect of it. So, for relationship management, this is where you're moving into things like visionary leadership, influence, change catalysts, um, things of that nature, which are kind of the height of what the Air Force is asking us to do. You know, when I was reading into this, I said, oh my gosh, you're senior NCOA, like in this uh, bottom right aspect of uh, emotional intelligence, um, because these are the things that are really gonna get the mission moving. You know, I'll go back to my, when I was designing exercises, you know, being able to influence where the exercises went meant that I was able to more effectively get my mission done. Um, Because if I could make sure for the Emergency Operations Center, that's another really big piece of my job as an emergency manager, I need a lot of things to happen in order for that to get activated. And then I need a lot of things to continue to happen. So all of the people who are sitting in the emergency operations center have something to do so that they can practice what they're gonna do in an emergency. And so I needed to be able to influence all of my partners within all my team members on the uh, wing inspection team so that they would also put a lot of things in there so that we could all exercise together. Otherwise, it's a boring exercise. And I, we don't actually effectively uh, exercise and train on these emergencies. Um, so being able to influence their decision making um, and what they put in there, which sometimes came down to you know sitting next to the LRS guy and, and saying, hey, did you know in this checklist, you guys are supposed to do this? How can we make that happen during an exercise? um, oh my gosh. Yeah, you're right. We can totally make that happen. Um, those are, the, you know, again, that managing that relationship with them is what, uh, made it so easy. I want to say to get the things done that I needed to get done.
0: You're absolutely, absolutely right. Uh, a couple of pieces in there that, that I heard you saying, and maybe it's because I also looked at your, at your notes here on the squad chart, but When we talk about managing relationships, there's a lot to say, to be said about managing expectations too. And and I can tell you, Alicia, I wish I would have had you on a few exercises that I've been a part of because they were a hot freaking mess and it wasn't enough to stand up the OC, but the OC still gets stood up and and I'm going to go on a CE rant here for a second. No, I'm joking. I won't do that to everybody, but, (laughs) but my goodness, I was, I was. Um, I was uh, set off. As you may say, I was, I was ticked off for sure. Um, but but to be able to manage these relationships and manage these expectations, I'd like to pull a couple of things out to talk about inspirational leadership and uh, developing others. Two key things that everything that you've talked about, after we are aware of ourselves, the I see is the, the calculus of the formula, the stuff that bonds all this together it is leadership, but development. So I'd like you to talk to us, uh, break down inspirational leadership and, and how it ties to, to the topic here at hand. And then after you do that, talk to us about how, what is your best advice on, on developing others within this realm?
1: So, you know, inspirational leadership, I think for different people, leaders are different. Um, I took a leadership class when I was a young staff sergeant, and the first thing that our instructor had us do was write down what we thought made a great leader, Um, and then he said that if this is what you think a great leader is, then this is what you should be working on, you know, and across the board, there was different words for it, and I know you recently You asked for people to describe what a great leader was. You know, they talked about humble, they talked about uh, being present. Um, And so, when it comes to inspirational leadership, if you're the leader, you really need to know what is it that my airmen, you know, big A airmen, not just my E form below, but the people who are following me, what did they find inspirational? Who who are they reaching out to in their lives that gives them that intrinsic motivation to do great things at work or do great things in their personal life? Um, because if if you don't know that, then you can't be that for your people. Um, you know, one of the things I've always said about what I consider to be a great leader is um, is a leader is somebody that makes you think that taking out the trash is your idea right? Because yep. um, <laughs> nobody wants to take out the trash. Um, but they're the person that has, you know, they're people who have planted seeds of ideas in my head. And at the end, given me the credit for it, even though they were the ones, you know, th- they're the ones that planted that seed. It wasn't me that came up with that great idea. It was them. And I just executed it, you know, uh, and got the credit for it. So I've always thought of that as being an inspirational leader. However, there are a lot of people out there that aren't gonna see that as an inspirational leader, right? Cause they're, the way their brain works, they, you know maybe what they're looking for is somebody who's super humble and I'll be honest with you I'm not necessarily a super humble person. Um, so I might have a troop that sees that and is like, oh man, I can't believe her. She she talks about the things that she does or she has her awards up on the walls and, and I, don't, I don't find that inspirational. Um, And so that's where it's really important to get to know your people and find out what it is that they find inspirational. You may not meet that, right? But at least you're going to understand a little bit better of why they may or may not be as effective as you think they should or could or would be, because you're not hitting that nail on the head for them as far as inspirational leadership, you know? And again, can, again, goes back to that Social awareness and self-awareness of who you are as a person and what they need for them.
0: So you, that ties into well, at least in my mind is is developing others because you see that a lot. You brought up social media early earlier, and um, you might have heard me talk about this before. I say it's the echo chamber of hate a lot of times, uh, not all the time, but it's definitely an echo chamber. It you know the way the algorithms work and stuff like that. And I'm not I'm not here to to talk anything about any particular social media platform, but it's, it's interesting like. You, you just like might think of something or not necessarily think of it, but look at some particular ad and all of a sudden that's the only type of ad you see, like I want a, a new workout mat or something. That's what I start seeing. Somebody's listening right now, when I get off work, I'm gonna have workout mats everywhere. Um, but <laughs> but, uh, but you know, the, the way that the algorithms work, it kind of puts us in that echo chamber, if you will. And so many times, I, I think that is influencing, maybe not controlling, but influencing people in real time, right, or real life, if you will, uh, sitting there my, and I'm just thinking about you like maybe you have a couple of awards up on the wall or whatever and that one let's say Airman Baden. Uh, Airman Baden walks in and uh, you know it's like well, I can't believe she would do that you know instead of looking at myself and be like well everybody else and or not everybody else maybe but other people in the shop find her insp- inspiring or an inspirational leader and well they just love her. Um, why, why do I not you know so and that's a missing piece is not all of the force. we're talking specifically about leaders need to be socially aware, but I need, not me specifically, but I would love it if our entire force, right, Uh, it'd be great if the world was, but I don't know that that's even possible, but our force, if it was a part of our culture to be, have these types of classes, this type of training, uh, you know, I think we could, we could really start making some progress, because I wouldn't sit there and then call you a toxic person, you know, sometimes there is, there are toxic people, and there's toxicity out there, but sometimes it's an interpretation of perception, right? Somebody might look at you and be like, she's just toxic because I don't like how you lead and how you have awards on the wall. I'll just use that as an example. But it doesn't mean you're toxic at all. Uh, so sometimes I wonder, do we expect so much more out of our leaders to overcome that gap Uh, versus starting at a base level, if you will, not at the base, like an Air Force base, but a base level of our training of airmen, civilians coming in and transition to airmen, if we spent more time teaching them these types of things, so they're more aware of themselves, so that when they're in that situation, they're like, oh, Senior McQuay is not, I got it, you know, kind of thing, so anyway, how does that relate, not necessarily all that I just talked about, but how does that relate when you talk about inspirational leadership uh, and in the construct of our conversation here and developing others, what, what was your heart on when you were when you wrote down uh, in this quad here about developing
1: others. So I'm going to peel the onion back. I'm going to peel it back to self-awareness. Right. So when it comes to developing others, when we talk, we're going to talk about that airman who comes in. He looks at my wall and he goes, oh, man, Look, she's just bragging about herself. So. When we are developing others, this is where you wanna, and this is part of communication too, right? These are all those buzzwords from emotional intelligence. This is where you wanna go back and communicate and you wanna say, hey, you know, airman, what is it that bothers you about this, right? Let's learn, you know, Let's, let's peel back your onion. Like, what are you feeling right now? Are you feeling inadequate? Are you feeling insecure? Are you feeling like you're never going to get here? So instead of saying, hey, I can overcome these hurdles and I'm going to get awards on my wall, you're going to be hateful because you don't think I'm going to help you, right? Like that communication of what is it that you're really feeling? Because I don't, I don't think most people i think a lot of times when we hear you know there's two types of and i was actually talking about this with chief gilday uh earlier today you know when we talk about like humble leaders you know sometimes what we need to do is kind of brag about ourselves as leaders right like it's not easy to become a chief it's not easy to become a senior master sergeant but we all know people that just brag about themselves like oh look at my brand new maserati that i bought with my senior pay But I think a lot of times when when people see people bragging and what they might see on the wall is bragging is you know maybe it's jealousy and insecurity. So why are we jealous and why are we insecure? Oh, maybe you didn't do so well the last time you did a WAP thing. Well, how can I help you? You know what do you need so we can get you to where you want to be? And that and that goes back to that self awareness and developing our airmen that they are self aware. Um, that was one of the things that was really near and dear to my heart. Um, when I ran flights is, you know, every week on Fridays we do, like uh, I call it reaching homeostasis and because resiliency tends to leave a bad taste in people's mouths for buzzwords. Yes. Um, but it's, let's do these, let's do these five or 10 minute talks about, um, about self awareness and emotional regulation and. You know, and we did other things too, like we do like a five minute yoga or meditation type thing um, as well, but it was talking about it and not just a one day event or once a quarter for an hour, but it was weekly and daily of showing, you know, when I would come in, I had to put my dog down back in December um, and I was really upset. To be honest, I probably should have taken a day or two leave to really process it. Um, but I didn't. And so when I walked into the office, I said, hey, guys, I want to get you around. I want to tell you, I'm sad right now. I just put my dog down, but I have to come into work because we've got these big things going on. Um, and it's it's okay for me to be sad, you know, and that really helps them when you can identify to them as a leader what your feelings are. That then, you know, my troops tend to come to me and say, hey, Sarmaquay, I'm having a really bad day today. Okay, well, what do you need, right? Here's this empathy that's coming out, and the best part is when um, my young NCOs come to me and they say, "Hey, Airman so and so, they're really off today. Is it okay if I send them home, or is it okay if we go on an extended lunch, you know?" So, so I can help them, and to me, that was the big win, right? Because I, I developed them so that they could recognize not just in themselves. Put in their troops what was going on, so that they could empathize, um, and to me, that's really part of that developing others. It's it's making sure that what we're able to do, they're able to do.
0: That is a, an amazing uh, accomplishment, to be honest with you, Alicia. Is when you have not only airmen that are comfortable, right? Uh, Colin Powell spoke about that when uh, he did it in soldier frame, right? Because that's where he grew up in the military, so to speak. And uh, when they, the day they stop bringing their problems, I mean, their problems ran out, it just means they don't trust you anymore. Uh, but but to have people bringing you problems, uh, you know, like we're talking about life problems, I'm not talking about like how I can get the computer to work. Uh, that's not, I'm not diminishing that. That is a problem in and of itself. But when they trust you enough to come to you with some problems that, they trust that you're gonna it's gonna stay between you and them to help them work through life situations. That that's a win, and even even more so, I really think Alicia is like you said when the when the NCOs are identifying or the airmen feel comfortable with their NCOs, and, and that really goes back to a whole other. We could talk a, a another hour at least on empowering NCOs, the senior NCOs, us delegating and empowering our NCOs. Uh, so it just sounds like you've done a great job with that. But something else I, I want to go back to uh, because that's what I heard in my head when you were. Talking about, you know, using uh, we'll, we'll get off the awards here in a second, but about you know the awards on the wall and you, I don't know if you can see my video and, and for the others that won't see the video this year the podcast, there's pictures of stuff on the on the back up here. I even have a picture of a, a must a rusty uh, McCraney that went to basic military training with me. Um, and so when I see awards on people's walls, I think of the same reason that I display pictures. Uh, and I don't say they're <laughs> the same type of thing, but in a way they are because they're relationships. It's people that I've built relationships with over time and my family and stuff up on the, on the board. You can see them from when they were babies, when I'm holding them in after I got out of boot camp uh, to now one that's an airman in the Air Force. Um, we're super proud of all my sons. But anyway, it tells a story. So your awards on a wall tell a story and that story is a journey. And, and we're on a longer journey and, and we learn journey in life, but also journey in our career. And you might have a, a young airman first class come in and be like that might be part of what they're feeling, too, is and not understanding. They might feel inadequate or I'll never get all that or never be there. And, but of us helping them understand the journey. I tell people uh, I got gray hair. I got scars, psychological scars. I've got physical scars. Uh, the military has been great. It's one of the greatest things ever outside of my faith and my family um, my immediate family, my wife and my boys, but I've been, I've been in some crazy situations, been on crazy deployments and I've, I've lost friends, I've lost family members. Um, and it's left me with psychological and physical scars. So that's part of the journey too, right? Is helping our airmen understand, uh, again, using your terms that's airmen across grade agnostic. When I say airmen, developing others to help them understand hey there's a journey to this process there this this is a process uh it's like when you were young you know and i don't know if it was for you i come from dirt poor stuff right and uh, you look up poor in a dictionary you see a picture of me but when i was a kid but when i went in one of my nco's house one time uh, me and my wife we went over there they had a had us airman over and i was looking around at their furniture and stuff and i was like my god this stuff is so nice like I'm, I'm on handy, handy downs and stuff like that. And I'm a young airman first class, you know, and I, I was so upset when I was driving home, me and my wife and Amy's like, what's wrong with you, Caleb? I was like, when are we ever going to have nice stuff like that? And then, uh, you know, it's part of the journey, part of the process, right? So um, Alicia, I know I, I said that earlier when we started and uh, I want to I end uh, with you having the mic, so to speak, not me running my mouth. Uh, I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, I, I have two things I, I'm going to ask of you. I want, I want you to give us a kind of your your uh, magazine, if you will, I'm, I'm combat oriented, but your final thoughts. Uh, some people might call tying a bow on it of everything you've presented today. And I know we didn't get to everything, I do apologize. I know you, we, you didn't get to everything you wanted to discuss, but kind of giving your final thoughts, final advice. And then I have one question for you that I want to end this on. Uh, but first give us your your kind of final thoughts of what you want to share with the audience. So
1: at the at the very end of the day, You know again the why why is this so important and emotional intelligence to me is so important because um, it makes it helps us communicate and if we can communicate our teams are going to be so much better we're going to be so much better um and it's it's a work in progress that's that's the last thing too is that this is an absolute work in progress some days you're going to nail it right it's like when my airmen come in and they say, Hey, I've got a problem. Can you help me? And then other days you're going to be Sarah McQuay throwing a tantrum, making your guys work out on a board, (laughs) (laughs) what the next few weeks are going to look like because you're not having a good day, but you need to have grace with yourself so you can have grace and compassion for others too. Um, And don't beat yourself up over it. If, If one day it's working great and the next day you get home and you go, man, I got some work to do Um, because emotional intelligence, you can improve it. It, It's something that you can just make sure that you apply every single day, develop in others so that at the end of the day, the Air Force can get our mission done that much better. Um, And then when you jump off this train that the Air Force is, when you go into your life afterwards, you know, you still hold these. Um, these feelings and these ways of being so that you can be better after the Air Force in any personal life as well.
0: That's awesome. That's a great advice to to wrap it up. I'm going to ask you this question that I'm going to ramble for a little bit to to give you a a chance to collect your thoughts since we didn't talk about it before. I'm kind of springing it on you. Um, I I, I want to know what Alicia hopes her legacy will be. Uh, You can be military-specific, Air Force-specific, life-specific. Combination of everything in between, um, but yeah, we'll, I, I want you to tell the audience what what you hope your legacy will be. But while you're thinking, gathering your thoughts there, real quick, um, something you pointed out is just just amazing. When you said the word grace, and that's something else. I think we all struggle as a human race. I think we struggle with grace or with mercy. Uh, you know, people want to put different terms to it, but just when we have the ability to call somebody else discomfort or harm or we lash out or whatever terminology you want to use when we have the ability to take the quote unquote high road um we don't do that well you know just as as a group of humans we don't do that well we we tend to lash out and not show grace and be like okay what's going on in their life or what are the possibilities could could there be if you don't know that person and i tell you what i i love how you talk about that and give yourself grace as well Uh, because there's so many people that have beat themselves up. I did it for years. I did it for a decade plus, uh, you know, after uh, probably longer than that, I'll be honest with you, probably about 15 years, 16 years. I did that, uh, that I can remember, you know, I might've done it for longer than that, but uh, where I would beat myself up, I'd fail one time. I'm like, oh, you're a complete failure. That's the voice was inside my head. And uh, ties back to my childhood and stuff like that of, of never being able to be considered good enough. But anyway, uh, showing people grace, showing yourself grace is awesome. So that gives you enough time. I, I, I'm i pretty sure Alicia to draw your legacy together real quick when I, I babbled on. Um, but yeah, share with us. Uh, and, and you'll have the last words. The only thing I'll say after uh, you finish there is Chief V out. Um, but yeah, share with us what you hope Alicia's legacy will be.
1: I hope that my legacy is is everybody helping. Um, you know, one of the things that I love to do is I love to help people. I love, I love to develop airmen. I love getting teams to unite and, and make forward progress. Um, and I know that's kind of broad and vague, um, but the first time we chatted, we talked about sponsorship, you know, and that was helping people come up and, and putting them kind of on the stand and, and seeing them succeed. Um, and that's one of the things is that I love the most when I get emails from previous troops and, and previous people that I've, I've crossed paths with is when they say, you know, I was successful and, I, and I'm thanking you for the help that you gave me. And I always tell them, you know, you're welcome, right? I want to make sure you say yeah. you're welcome. Yeah. Um, but I also tell them, pass it on make sure that whatever I helped you with is something that you can now embody and you have ingrained. So when your troops come to you and they say, hey, can you help me with this recommendation letter? Or um, I I need help figuring out how to change a tire or the whole spectrum of stuff, make sure that you're passing it on um, because I wanna plant those seeds. And and if you've ever been one of my troops, you've heard me say that a million times, you you plant those seeds of ideas around And what I want is in the future that somebody else down the line is saying, you know, in their future flights is, Hey, today we're going to spend five minutes and we're going to talk about um, emotional self-awareness. And today, you know, we're going to do X, Y, Z, and I'm going to help you uh, be better. um, so that my, my former troops can get emails from their former troops that say, Hey, thanks for helping me out. Um, to me, that's, I want to create an environment where people are genuine about helping each other um, and helping each other succeed. Um, because I think I think that's something that's might be a little bit lacking. My My younger Airman days, I didn't really see that or have that. And so it's a priority of mine to make sure that everybody is ex- as successful as they want to be. So I hope my legacy is a legacy of planting those seeds, um, of people planting seeds, right? Creating farmers so that they can continue to harvest um, help and and compassion and development.
0: Uh, Amazing, Alicia, truly amazing. Thanks so much again for being on here. Chief V, out.